This podcast contains material of an adult nature. It's not safe for work or appropriate for children under the age of 18. If you're offended by mature content, please stop listening now. The stories included in this podcast are not checked for factual content and are for entertainment purposes only. It's secondhand story time. Hello and welcome to Secondhand Storytime, the show where we tell stories we heard from someone else. I'm your host, Will Kistler. Today I'm happy to be rejoined by one of my favorite storytellers, my brother Logan. He's got a tale about some young men who took a trip just south of the border, and some of the things they did there that you might not be able to do so easily in the U.S. Please enjoy. Alright, and I'm back with my brother and good friend Logan. So Logan, welcome back to the show. Uh, Thank you. I've been uh, happy to have you on a couple times so far, and happy to have you on again. Yeah, well, maybe we've got a good one for you today. I I, I hope so. So, uh, and this one is secondhand, right? You didn't witness this yourself. I was not there for this one. Okay. Well, that's uh, that's good. Well, whenever you're ready, you can go ahead and uh, and jump in. All right. So, this one's from a guy who tells a lot of pretty epic stories. There's uh, you know, involving him personally some, some of them, you know, having to do with other people that he's known over the years or worked with. There's one, you know, where he was telling me about working in Mexico and doing special K that was cooked in a casserole dish. <laughs> that you know, sounds like a terrible... another one. Uh, yeah. What's special K? Is that ketamine? Ketamine. That's, that's right. like horse tranquilizer, right? That's the one. Okay. Just, just making sure we're <laughs> straight on this. Yep. Wow. Uh, there's another one that's um, hilarious but kind of disturbing that for right now I'll just call the Cock Ring Chronicles. <laughs> but, um, we may have to revisit that at a later date. <laughs> yeah, that's a story for a whole other day. So anyway, a lot of good material comes out of this guy. So we're sitting around having a few drinks one day and we're talking about um, On the Road, you know, the Jack Kerouac book? Yes. And uh, have you read this? Uh, I haven't. Okay. So there's a point in this book where, you know, they're kind of getting to the end of the trip. It's been this, you know, series of journeys. It's, you know, it's the whole beat generation thing. Right. So they're, they've made it to Mexico. And um, so they're, they're hooking up with these, you know, young Mexican kids and getting them to get them drugs and, you know, find them prostitutes and so forth. <laughs> and so there's this scene in the book where they're all just partying like crazy in the, the brothel and, you know, everyone's just having a having a, a big night, you know. And so my friend kind of looks at the others of us who were sitting there and says, you, you ever been in a place like that? <laughs> and, and so one of us just says, like, a Mexican brothel? No, why the hell would we have been in a place like that? <laughs> <laughs> and so the story that I've got today unfolds after this. And um, the way he prefaces it is, well, I, I've got a story to tell you, and it's going to sound like I'm making up stuff right now. So so that's the, this, this is the context in which I heard this story, and I'm going to try and keep it as true to the original as possible. Excellent. <laughs> so this group of guys, I think about four of them, were working on a project, a contract project in Texas on a border town in Laredo, I think is the one. 
And so they're working for a firm that's based out of Austin. And so they had a, a work crew with them. They're doing, you know, essentially uh, what amounts to environmental impact work um, okay. in Laredo. So they've got a crew, and there's a, a handful of them that, you know, like to party and, you know, essentially have a good time. So they're they're finished with this project, and one of them mentions the other, the, the one who's kind of key here, I'll call Rick for now, <laughs> just in the interest of uh, identity. Well, we don't want anything to come back to him. No, we don't. And so, so they're talking, and Rick was talking about this, this place, Boys Town, which is on the other side of the border from Laredo. And it's kind of this legendary walled, uh, sort of a, a mob-run brothel city. And literally, you essentially pay to get in, and then you're in. It's a, a walled town. So it's and like an so amusement park. Pretty much. Kind of. Amusement park for adult behavior. <clears throat> Less water slide and more you know, drugs and hookers. Right. And so, um, so he, Rick mentions that he, he's never been to Boys Town, in spite of the fact that he's spent a lot of time in Texas. And um, so one of the other guys working with him says, you haven't been to Boys Town? We're going tonight. <laughs> and so this is the end, end of the project. So they figure, okay, we'll just go, we'll check it out, see what it's all about, and then we'll come back by like, you know, 12 or 1, get a good night, and then we'll drive back to Austin with the crew tomorrow. And so that was the plan, so... I think the way it works is they get a cab over. Somehow they get over the border. And this is, you know, probably 10 years ago, let's say. Uh, it's been you know, a little while, so I don't know okay. how border security has changed, but it doesn't seem like it was that big a deal to just get across the border. Uh, I know I walked. So, I once walked across to, I think it was Juarez. Uh, that's the okay. one across from El Paso, right? I walked back. from El Paso to Juarez and back. And only needed a driver's license. Oh, okay. Um, so, and this was 2003 or 2004. So, okay. I think it. I think you need a passport now. But in those days, and in the 90s, I'm sure, um, pretty lax. If you could prove you were an American, it was easy to get enough to get back over. Right. So, I'm pretty sure this was during the 90s. So, it, apparently, it wasn't that difficult. So, they they're taking a cab into Boys Town. And um, so, you know, they, they give the cabbie enough money to account for all of them, and he drops them off, and there they are. And so, you know, he, he sort of describes the scene, and there's essentially, I mean, there's brothels everywhere, and some of them essentially amount to, uh, you know, I guess just strip clubs where you can go into the back with the, the women and whatever. Like an extra vigorous lap dance would be available here. Right. Okay. Exactly. And so there's anything from that, you know, sort of above the table, very glitzy sort of, uh, the way he described it is this is the stuff that oil barons cross the, the border for. And then you have the absolute slum, dingy other end of the spectrum, which he really was extremely depressing the way he was describing it. But that's not really the point of the story, so we won't, we won't dwell on it here. Okay. So they end up in one of these, uh, you know, one of these brothel strip club type places one of the nicer spots in the town it sounds like from what you're saying yeah one of the classy establishments and so they uh the owners of this place also sell coke in these little little packages 
you know, just enough for a little couple hits, and then you got to go back for more. Okay. So they figured this out pretty quickly, that they can get coke from the people running this place. And, you know, they weren't really, I guess, interested in the girls, so they're just they're having a good time just staying over in the corner, having <laughs> drinks, doing coke, having themselves a, a time. So, I mean, they're, they're doing this for quite some time. And they, uh, one of them has to go outside just to catch a breath of air or whatever. And he comes back inside. Or maybe it was Rick, the, the integral person who went outside and came back in and said, you guys are not going to believe this. The sun's coming up outside. <laughs> and uh, so, I, I've never done coke, but I hear that it does make time fly. Apparently. Yes, yeah, same here. But, um, yeah, so they they kind of freak out a little bit at this point. Cause, you know, their, their plan was to get back across the border and, you know, by like midnight or one or something. They weren't planning this day until now it's 6 a.m. And they're right. supposed to meet their crew at 8 to drive back to Austin. So they kind of, you know, try and pull their shit together a little bit, which is difficult if you didn't. In a brothel doing coke all night. <laughs> so they start walking, and I guess they're pretty close to the border, so they're just going to walk back over. And they're, you know, they see the the, the river in the distance. They're, they're getting there. And uh, one of the guys involved says, all right, you know, we were doing these little tiny packages of coke. Check yourselves and make sure no one has anything on you, because we could get in some real shit if one of us is carrying by accident and gets caught. Right. And, I mean, I imagine at the border, it's a pretty high probability that you could get caught. Right, yeah. I mean, there's usually dogs and stuff, and it's a place where people look for that sort of thing more than just walking down the street. Right. And so they, they're they all checking their pockets and stuff. So sure enough, Rick reaches in a pocket and finds one of these little ampules of Coke that they bought from the bar. And so... You know, they're kind of freaking out at this point because, I mean, they're all pretty coked up still and a little bit on edge about getting back and, you know, getting the crew back and so forth. So they're crossing a footbridge, I believe. And the one guy who kind of organized this whole trip, you know, is telling him, just just throw it over the edge, forget about it, it's it's done, you know. We don't want to get caught, so just, just get rid of it. Right. And so Rick says, all right. But then, you know, he's he's all messed up. He's not just going to throw perfectly good coke over the <laughs> bridge. So he uh, instead just reaches back and sticks it in his ass. <laughs> and so, I mean, I guess maybe he was in the back of the group such that he could do this discreetly, <laughs> but one way or another, the, the coke ends up in his ass. And so they, uh, okay. I guess they had left the vehicle right on the other side of the border, and they get through just fine. <clears throat> yeah, I'm sure they were a little nervous, but whatever. They get it through fine, and they're driving back to where they're going to meet up with their crew. And, uh, you know, they're starting to come down at this point. And one of the other guys is saying, man, I wish we had a little more coke to, you know, just keep us going. <laughs> and so Rick says, what will we do? And they all think he's just, you know, giving them a hard time. Right. And so they're, you know, they're kind of pissy about this. And so he's like, no, no, I, I brought some across. <laughs> And so one of these guys just loses his shit. And he's like, man, they could have caught us. We could all go to jail. I mean, we, we could be in Mexican prison, you know. Just he, And Rick was real calm. He's like, they're not, they weren't going to find it. <laughs> <laughs> and the other guy was like, what, are you kidding, man? They got 
they got dogs, they got officers and stuff, they can find it. And he says, no, they weren't going to find it. <laughs> and so the other guy says, well, how, how can you be so sure? And he says, well, I stuck it in my ass. <laughs> so they all, at this point, just, they're, they're calling bullshit. They're not having any of this. <laughs> and so finally, like, he's able to convince them that he actually had brought a little bit of coke across in his ass. And so, like, once they, they finally believe him, I don't know, maybe he had to take it out and show him. I don't know. But um, <clears throat> at this point, one of them just, you know, says, well, I guess it's all yours now because there's no way I'm going to do any of that. <laughs> <laughs> and that was kind of the consensus. <clears throat> so they get back to where they, uh, where the crew is, and they're, they're kind of regrouping so that they can drive back to Austin, which <clears throat> I gather is probably a couple hours away. And um, so they're they're coming down in a pretty big way at this point, I think. You know, they haven't slept. <clears throat> Been up all night. So, you know, Rick is in the back room about to do a little bit of his, <laughs> his ASCO. And sure enough, the other three guys come in and they say, hey, you got a little bit of that? <laughs> you want to share a little? And so, so they... Uh, they split it up, and they each had themselves a little bit of a line, and then they drove all the way back to Austin. Wow. And that's that's pretty much how the story ends. That's, that's a great story. I really like Rick's uh, sureness that he would not get checked. <laughs> because, I mean, I've never been a coke mule, but just from watching movies and TV, the ass seems like hiding spot number one. You know, this isn't the new thing that just he thought of that day. This is, uh, imagine if they pull him over for suspicious activity, that'll get checked. Yeah, and I kind of imagine, like, the economy seats on a flight from Columbia are going to be looked at in a little bit of a different way than a couple of, you know, partying kids who had a hard night in Boys Town and are just trying to get back. You know, so maybe there's that issue at work, too. That's true. And I guess first time he probably hadn't raised any red flags in any systems or anything. So. But, yeah. He did seem very sure that they would never, ever look there. Yeah. Well, I guess it worked out. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad he did not go to Mexican prison. Or United States prison. Yeah. Well, excellent. Thanks for coming on and telling that story. Oh, no problem. I hope you enjoy it. I, I, I already have. <laughs> and that does it for this week's episode. Huge thanks to Logan for coming on and sharing that story. No feedback this week, but if you'd like to leave a message, head on over to the blog at secondhandstorytime.com. While you're there, you can leave a comment, or you can subscribe either through RSS or through iTunes to get the show automatically each week. Links are also available to our musician Gummery and the license, which is the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial 3.0 Unported License. To become a fan on Facebook, go to facebook.com slash secondhandstorytime. And to receive updates through Twitter, follow twitter.com slash secondhandstory. To write to me directly, email will at secondhandstorytime.com. I'd love to share some stories about the holidays, which are coming right up. So I'd like to renew my call for any holiday stories you might have. If you enjoyed this story, please do a favor and pass it on to someone else who might enjoy it too. Thanks for listening, and we'll have another episode next Thursday.